Welcome to Room 1 on 1, home of the petty debate. In each episode, I'll take a different topic, consider its good and bad points, and either convince myself that that topic is okay, or ultimately decide if I just cannot allow it. If it cannot be allowed, it goes in the room and it stays there, with all manner of things that I deem unsuitable for daily consumption. This episode will consider... The next station is the good and bad of public transport. Change here for other episodes that decide whether things leave room one on one. Otherwise, please do take your seat. Ooh, great listener suggestion. I love this one. I have a lot of feelings about this. So the first concept of a public transit system in a city started 200 years ago in the 1920s. France and England were the first countries to get on board with this and introduced the Omnibus, which is a horse-drawn car that held up to 10 people at a time. In 1825, George Stevenson built the first public steam railway in the world, the locomotion between Stockton and Darlington Railway in the UK. Singapore has the highest passenger satisfaction rate in the world, with a reported 86% of people happy with their public transport, according to a McKinsey & Company report. However, take that as you will, because that same report claims that the London passenger satisfaction rate is 85%. Now, I don't have much experience with Singapore, but as someone who does have experience with London public transport, 85%? Don't know what time of day you've been travelling, but I can assure you that is not the case. For this episode, I'm going to be mainly considering trains and buses, as they are the forms of public transport I have the most experience on. However, if you're interested, and I know you are, my favourite form of public transport is the tram. Is it a bus? Is it a train? Is it somewhere in between? I'm not entirely sure, but I like it. Don't have any trams around here though, so back on the trains and the buses. Okay, let's take a look at the good points. I'm about to make the most obvious statement I've made across all of the episodes of this podcast so far. Are you ready for it? Public transport is... dot dot dot, drumroll please, essential for people without a car. I did warn you, I did say it was obvious. It's true though, and when going through the positive points of public transport, it cannot be ignored. Whether you don't have a car, are a non-driver, or can't drive for any number of reasons, good luck getting anywhere without public transport. However, it's certainly not the case that it's only used when there are no other options. Quite the opposite, in fact. In major cities with well-established systems such as subways, tubes and bus links, it actually becomes the only sensible way to travel around, leading to the inevitable conversations that you've all had with long-term city residents of, I don't even have a car, it's not worth driving in the city. If that's the case, if everyone feels like that, then why is it always rush hour in big cities? Never understood that one. A big positive when it comes to public transport is its environmental impact. It reduces emissions both by taking cars off the road and by using cleaner energy, something we're all benefiting from. As well as benefiting the environment, using public transport actually benefits our safety. A study by the American Public Transit Association released in 2018 concluded that trips taken by public transport are 10 times safer per mile than car trips. They also concluded that a person can reduce their chance of being in an accident by more than 90% just by using public transport instead of a car. 
On top of that, trips taken by public transport are better for your mental health than driving. Not only does it take away the stress of having to concentrate on driving itself, it also means you don't have to worry about navigating or finding anywhere to park when you get to your destination. Ever had a full shouting match with the person in your car because they gave you the wrong directions or they didn't manage to find that last parking spot before it was taken by somebody else? Tell me before I need to turn left, not when I'm supposed to be doing it. Ahem. So you're sat on the bus, not arguing with your partner because they haven't told you where to turn. So what are you doing? Well, you've got loads of time on public transport, haven't you? You could read, you could do puzzles, you could catch up on TV. I mean, you can pretty much do whatever you want, it's your time. We tend to think of commuting time as lost, but it's actually not the case. There's lots you can do if you want to. Before 2020 put a stop to it, I found an extra surprising benefit of using the train to get to work. It was that I actually managed to make loads of friends on the trip, people that I never would have had chance to talk to had I not been getting that train every day. It's a sort of club that you would never say that you wanted to join, but once you're in it, it can actually be a lot of fun, to the point where I did genuinely miss these people when I stopped getting that train every day. If nothing else, it was good to be around people to have a moan when things were late and to talk about the fact that over the weekend you had the most ridiculous row because he didn't tell you that you needed to turn left. It's not difficult! So we've looked at the good, but what about the bad and sometimes the ugly? I'm going to start with the cost. Now, I'm not saying it's cheap to drive, but public transport trips can often be extremely expensive. Pre-Covid, this was a hot topic of conversation, and there were plenty of stories of people that wanted to meet up from different parts of the country and found it was cheaper to fly abroad than it would be to get a train somewhere. That definitely feels like something's gone wrong with the system, especially when taking those cheap flights is not exactly doing much for the environmental benefits we were talking about earlier. Certainly in the UK, there seems to be just a general consensus that public transport is very expensive. Where it does lose out to cars is the significant planning sometimes needed in advance to avoid high prices and long journey times. If you find yourself wanting or needing to travel last minute to a destination not exactly local, be prepared to have to pay quite significantly more than you would probably want to. Going to somewhere slightly more remote than a major city? Be prepared to do lots of changes and for it to take quite a lot longer than you would like. Of course, assuming that your car is wanting to start, you can take the most direct route to wherever it is you want to go. As long as the person in your car tells you when to turn left when you need to. It feels like I might be holding on to some kind of rage here. Hmm. With advanced planning needed and often high prices and long journey times, I guess sometimes it feels like public transport just isn't all that convenient. Then of course there's the accessibility of the train or bus stations themselves, and if you think you want to be travelling with luggage during rush hour, I'd probably forget that now. Even the most rigorous and well-intentioned planning can't get round unavoidable cancellations or delays. Although driving does run the risk of getting stuck in traffic, at least you are still in the vehicle that can get you from A to B, whereas being on a cancelled train isn't really much good to anyone when it's the last one of the day. Regular commuters had better hope that they have a sympathetic boss, as very often being late is totally out of your hands. A particularly unsympathetic boss of mine a few jobs ago once told me that I, and I quote, needed to plan better when I found myself on a train that got unexpectedly cancelled, making me two hours late to work. Sorry, I was supposed to plan for the train breaking down? My apologies. The benefits that I mentioned around improved mental health, being able to do things like read, watch TV, do puzzles, I think that's coming out of an ideal world where everyone's getting a seat on the bus or on the train. 
In real life, a seat while you're commuting is a rare and beautiful gift, as on a normal day the only thing you can use your commuting time for is to stand around and know how sardines feel. And you'd better hope you're nowhere near that person that thinks they're too smooth to hold onto the rails, otherwise you too will be part of that domino effect as soon as the train moves. Of course, your quality and frequency of public transport varies greatly according to where you live, but this only really comes to light when someone goes from one area to another. When I was living in an area that had, let's be fair, pretty rubbish public transport connections and was visited by people from major cities, they just couldn't really get their head around the fact that no, there aren't buses every four minutes, you actually have to wait for an hour for the next one. Yes, that really is how we live here and that's why we have cars. Now, take a look at this map, you've got some navigating to do and trust me, I will not be happy if you mess it up. When it comes to the verdict on this one, I think it is slightly more complicated than a straight pass or fail. On paper it would be a very straightforward pass. It's safer, it's good for the environment, it takes away the stress out of driving. However, the inconvenience and the overcrowding does mean that it's difficult to feel like you're getting good value for money. If commuting by road, would I rather be sat in my car in traffic or stood on an overcrowded bus? Well, neither to be honest, are they the only two options? I really wasn't sure what to do about this one, so I went back to the rulebook that I wrote and have decided that public transport as a concept does not have to stay in the room, it gets a pass. However, to the overcrowding, to the overpriced and the frankly inconvenient, that all gets a fail, so that has to stay in room one-on-one -on -one, and I think you'll agree, I've just improved the concept of public transport. You are welcome. visiting room one-on-one. -on -one. If you've got any ideas or suggestions that you'd like to see covered on the podcast, head over to Instagram. Room one-on-one -on -one podcast is where you'll find me.